Hey, everybody. Happy New Year's Eve to, to everyone. I'm sure you're going to... We're concluding 2018 and looking at 2019 and some of the excitement. It's been a great year for the podcast. Our numbers have more than doubled in the year and are still on every month in the last couple of months since our quote, I want to say relaunch, but after our unannounced break back in September. Listener feedback's been wonderful. Uh, I think all three hosts are excited. We've all kind of got different goals and outlooks. Uh, we've had some interesting guests after upgrading some equipment, and we had Andy Pilgrim filling us in on some safety stuff that I refer to almost all the time anymore. I'm probably pretty annoying if you personal friends with me on Facebook. General discussion on the street. I think the Tony Watley episode, I keep getting feedback from the two co-hosts. A lot of listener feedback. We might have to have Tony back and see what's going on there. Um, I think everybody hosting is a latched onto a side hustle now or is doing some plans for side hustling. How are you guys doing? There's a quick little synopsis for me. I think we've got everybody tonight, right? Sure. Yeah, we're all here. I think Will's here. Uh, Will locked up on my screen. Oh, no. Was that Will texting us? Yeah, he lost his internet. He said he's creating a hotspot with his phone, and he's going to do it a la Derek. Are you still there, Derek? I am still here. Oh, Are you, yeah. John? Yes, I like the uh, mirror and the hand puppets. I believe I see a Will uh, coming back at us. How's it going, Will? Hey, I don't know what happened, but, you know, hopefully y'all hear me all right. Yeah, we got you. Uh, we got you back. That's a technology for you. Where, uh, where'd we leave off, guys? You still out there, Will? Uh, yeah. You know, just, um... Being all stealthy. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm being stealthy. You know, just, uh, working, trying to get a couple of projects finished up, uh, before the end of the week so the customers can have them home for the holidays and going right back to work after we finish here about, I don't know, probably about 9.30. You work too hard. Or too much. Well, you know, when you work for yourself, you're never off, so it's just how it is. Or you're just, like, off all the time. One of the two. Yeah, maybe one day I can figure out how to take a day off. Yeah. Boy, we all seem to really be into it tonight. I guess we're a little bit tired from Christmas shopping and trying to close up the year, and we kind of threw out an idea for our reflecting back on our 2018 goals and seeing if we achieved them and where we went to for 2019. Unfortunately, we never did do that 2018 episode goal. So our 2018 goal episode, let's get that right. God, sorry, guys. Where do we see? I mean, let's, I guess let's visit. Um, do we have any professional goals and trying to keep it car topic, uh, you know, buying new cars, not buying new cars. That's actually one of my goals is let's see if I can make it through this entire year without buying a car. I honestly believe that has not happened in the 30 years of my life since I turned 16. So I don't think I've went 12 months without buying a car, but that is a goal that I have is to in 2019 with both my Taurus and my van. 
I know for myself, uh, you know, kind of personal goal, we definitely get a better shop set up here at the new house in uh, Kentucky and uh, get myself a little more workspace to be able to work on the cars. And uh, I'd like to get more of my cars on the road over the next year, be out driving around and having fun with my cars. As well. So that that's a big goal uh, on my list is whether it's a, a you know, full pole barn or full, you know, barn of some sort, or just, uh, John, kind of like you've done in the past, some of those pre-built buildings that they drop off just to get a little bit more space. I've got to do something. I, I have very similar personal goals as that as well. Uh, get my... No, I got to get... <laughs> That's a shop. Didn't you um, just build a new barn? No, no, no. He built a pool. He built a pool. <laughs> I, I have a 30 by 40 <laughs> at my at house, house that's just barn at the shop. stacked okay. full of my crap and my dad's crap. And my dad just built a new uh, 50 by 60 garage. And so, you know, get his stuff to his garage and out of my garage and, you know, get some of the personal stuff I have going on here at Big Oak at, at my house. I got a few projects that, uh, uh, personal projects that I need to get finished up and get on the road. And, um, a couple of them are, are built to sell and a couple of them are built to, um, drive and enjoy and then eventually sell. I don't, I don't keep nothing too long, try to get some enjoyment out of it. And then somebody makes me an offer and I just let it go. I've I've got real similar personal goals as as you, Derek. I'm concluding this year with the the I can same way I concluded last year. Finish the shop, new shops in order, studios in order. Um, got a couple ideas behind that to improve the studio audio quality. Uh, we've been recording with video lately, and maybe getting some video aspects out for the podcast. But no, I I hope to say. I'm not going to say there's any shop goals. Even doing my Christmas list this year, I didn't have anything to add. I added my saw stop to my wood shop last year, and that was my last major tool goal. Did that early January last year and um, moved this year. And I think it's just (laughs) my goal for 2019 is to find some normalcy. Where are you going to do your woodworking if you don't have a, a shop set up, John? Well, when I moved here, the garage was kind of utilized for storage, and I've uh, rented a warehouse, and I've got a 400-square-foot warehouse that's all uh, storage and the stuff from the garage, and I've commandeered the garage, so I have a oversized two-car garage as my oh. wood shop now, which gives me roughly a 600-square-foot footprint. It's very similar to the shop that I had just completed at the house that I sold over the summer. I'm doing the... Uh, everyday man garage shop nothing dedicated or anything and since i do so much car stuff and that at work i really don't do much car stuff at home and you know i talk cars all the time i work on cars all the time i travel and do car stuff and that's one of my goals is i might actually hit like in january head down to kissimmee to the uh, to one uh, weekend of auctions for Meekum. Will and I have talked about going back to McPherson in May for their car show and doing some car stuff there. Uh, I've got four or five other little events that I'm working on and trying to do some stuff with the podcast, maybe some media passes and that, so that 
can interview some people and again use the podcast as an excuse to uh enjoy some uh car events with a little special privileges. Sounds like a good excuse for you to go to SEMA next year to me. Sixteen years in a row, I think people have asked me to go to SEMA. How about reminding no, me of you July? Need to get on it <laughs> see here happens. not too long from now and get media passes and go as media is what you need to do with with the podcast. There's a lot of podcasts that come into SEMA as media, you know, and I mean, technically it is media. So uh, Brian Stupski has a podcast called Round Six that I, I listen to. It's a really good podcast. And they're there every year. You know, they get the night passes and, you know, it's pretty, it's a pretty sweet deal. Well, we can work on that. I'm sure you can provide some guidance and assistance. I know some, I, I listen to some podcasts that also broadcast from SEMA. It's like they get two months of episodes out of SEMA so they don't have to record for two months. But I'll type that into my phone. Since we got video, I'll type it in. See, phone, da-da-da. I'll type that in, and uh, let's let's start working on that one. Maybe we'll head out to SEMA. Uh, maybe hit some good guys events. You know, I kind of want to get the podcast out on the road a little bit, do some live broadcasting, or we might do some live broadcasting, but at least be able to get some segments and some interviews. And I've been listening to various podcasts on how, how we can do that and effectively do it so that we can bring this and share it with our listeners. Um, I know I know a, a yeah, podcast goal I would go like to see, of course, um, John, just to let everybody know, John puts uh, a lot more effort into no driving gloves than I do, um, and and Derek may vouch for that as well. Uh, he does all the editing. He does, you know, all of the recording. He does it all. Uh, basically, I show up on Wednesday night, put my headphones on, plug into the mic, and just run my mouth. Um, but one thing that I want to do personally is see no driving glove grow the see no driving gloves grow and I would love to see it and I think this is very achievable double our numbers by this time next year as far as downloads and uh people listening to us run our mouth. Yeah and I, I, I gotta agree with Will. You know, I mean I think that's probably one of I think that's one of uh, all of you know, all three of our goals uh, with the podcast is to continue its growth and, uh, you know, double the numbers would be fantastic. You know, John does do the bulk of the work here, um, you know, brought us all together for some reason, not really still haven't figured that one out, but um, you know, he, uh, he does the recording. He, he's got all the fancy equipment, all the editing, but, you know, if Will and I can step up and help get some more listeners and, you know, hopefully by bringing in some of the people we know to interview that will garner a little more attention or, or things like that. I think that's that's going to be the prime goal for the podcast is just to make this thing grow and, you know, become one of the, in my opinion, hopefully one of the best, let's call it collector car hobby podcasts uh, that are out there. And I'll thank both of you. Yeah, I put a lot of time into this, but, you know, again, it was my idea. And I think we all started this not knowing where it would go and what would happen. And if it worked, it worked. And 
This is the 74th episode of No Driving Gloves, and we kind of hit you every week. And like I said earlier in the this episode, the numbers have been growing. We're figuring it out. You know, living in Birmingham, Alabama, there's not a huge podcast group or anything you can go hang out with. If we were in Nashville or Atlanta, it could be a different story. And the numbers are growing. And if we double our listeners, we'll be solid really in the podcast realm. You know, we'll be in the top probably 30 to 40 percent of podcasts if we can double the numbers. And that's pretty respectable for a car car podcast. We want to bring you more. I've got some pretty good guests and stuff lined up for early next year. We've got a TV hot rod builder I'm supposed to go interview. We've got some people I'm hoping to have from one of the coolant places on to talk about coolants. As those get firmed up, we'll maybe put out on the social media and that and ask some questions that you might want to ask of people. Uh, I've got a couple of rotary experts and engine builders and that we're going to throw on here. I know Will's got some social media stuff. Derek's got some race car drivers and some things. It's It looks to be an exciting year. We finally, that the first few episodes, we're learning it and do we want to do it. Then we kind of grew comfortable and we kind of reevaluated and say, hey, let's make, make this thing do something. And that that's where we're at. And like I said, the last three or four months numbers have really shown it. And all we got to do is get it out there, tell your friends about it. Uh, Don't mention it very often. We do have a Patreon. If you want to contribute a couple of bucks, look us up, No Driving Gloves. Uh, The rewards in that, I'll be honest, I'm very lacking on. Uh, We can achieve anything that's still listed there except early releases of the show. Uh, Scheduling prevents that, but we're working on revamping those rewards and you know, a little bit of money helps, but we'd like just to bring this to you. If we make make a couple of bucks, we make a couple of bucks. But kind of as Derek and I said last week, we we do the podcast to help expand your knowledge and have fun with it. And I think it's, you know, it's built pretty good friendship between the three of us. And if we can live up to some of these goals... I think we'll have at least a good friendship while we're recording. Um, You guys don't get to hear the pre-recording and post-recording where we fight. So uh, (laughs) we get that all out before and after. So this comes out as a a clean, family-friendly car hobby podcast. Nah, I'm going to be honest and say Derek's being kind of a smartass. We joke with each other in that, but. I think when it really comes down to it, we're we're reasonable friends online. We speak a little bit. I guess it's kind of like that Discord stuff that the kids around <laughs> this household do. <laughs> I, I don't know. Well, and I think John, you know, that was another thing that uh, I would say. You know, if we're gonna we're gonna talk about goals and and you know, unfortunately, as as Will's brought up and. You know, we put a lot, you know, th- a lot of this falls onto your shoulders um, and, you know, maybe Will and I can help with that over the next year or so, but would definitely like to start, um, you know, being more active with our listeners and, uh, you know, the, especially our Patreon supporters um, get some of our, you know, 
get some materials out to them. Some of the things we talked about sending out and uh, maybe revamp the, or re, you know, take a look at what, what we offer to our supporters and really get more active on that end of things. And, um, you know, hopefully also build some more interaction on, on social media. You know, Zara has been helping out trying to build our social media content and, you know, I'm sure Will and I can uh, do a little more with sending pictures and information in than, than we currently do. I was just sitting here thinking, you know, about two, I guess it was two weekends ago, I visited a small private collection that's about a half hour from my house that I, I just learned about. And I didn't take really, but maybe one picture. I don't even remember now, honestly. Uh, and, you know, I, I mean, I could have taken, you know, two or three pictures to post of some really unique uh, early, you know, kind of classic era 20s 30s era cars um that some of them are you know the only one existing uh, 31 gardner roadster and uh could have you know posted that online so people could have a, a chance if you don't get to see it in person to at least see it on social media so i'd really like to try to start helping out with that end of things and uh really you know if we're going to develop the podcast and bring more listeners in uh, you know, we've also got to be more, uh, active with our listeners, uh, in places like that. So. And on that note, listeners, while you're out there, please, uh, reach out to us. Let us know. We had a really good thread this week. I posted a picture of a Volari on, I believe it was Facebook. And it was a 77 or 78 Volari station wagon and it mentioned that, um, my family had one of those, and I've probably mentioned it on the podcast before. And we, we obtained that car, my parents obtained that car, by trading a 69 Chevelle SS and a 70 Dodge Charger. And a certain person who shares the same last name and first name as me commented, yeah, worst trade I ever made. And I kind of said, hey, that's a show topic. And a few other people threw out a couple of cars that that has happened to and it's going to be a show topic we want to hear from you and that's how some of these interesting show topics come about and while i'm sitting here thinking boy where's the car content we're we're basically inviting you to help us create uh our episodes like i said we if last week derek and i did a show and we talked about the cool stuff that we're exposed to and you know, we're willing to do the legwork so you can live vicariously through us or, you know, make content or, or ask questions. You know, I'm going through my email this week and um, got, you know, got an email from Lynn St. James, which, you know, it's not nothing big or whatever, but it's kind of, ooh, cool. And I remember back as a kid, I, I would have killed to know anybody like that. And, you know, all of a sudden that pops up or other people that we can reach out to and try to maybe ask that question or maybe it's not face-to-face for the listener, but I always feel good at uh, buying the new recording gear. I reached out to a podcast that I listen to and, you know, it feels good when you ask a question and they use it on their podcast. I even get all, you know, funny feeling in my tummy when that happens. 
I think another one of our goals should maybe be that, uh, you know, Will uh, puts his cell phone down and and tells us some of his thoughts. <laughs> well, let me do that right quick because, uh, unfortunately, i got to step out for the rest of the evening. Um, I've got uh, my oldest daughter is at the Christmas dance and was just informed that I have to go pick her up and she's ready to go. So, uh, real quick, I'll throw a couple of my... Um, you know, we've talked a little bit about personal goals. We've talked a little bit about podcast goals. I'll throw a few goals out there for Big Oak Garage, and then uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to get out of here uh, for the evening. But um, <clears throat> we've got a shop full of cars. Um, the best crew from top to bottom uh, that we I've ever assembled here at the shop. Just really, really excited. Uh, about what 2019 holds we're planning on debuting four builds in 2019 a uh, 69 bronco that it's actually really really close to being finished um, but it will it'll wind up being finished in january probably Um, a 56 chevrolet for my uncle jerry uh 57 chevrolet uh, for a couple out of um, Augusta, Georgia, and then a uh, what did I say? I screwed all that up. Anyway, um, let's see. Sixty-nine. We're going. We're we're planning on debut or bringing out uh, four cars this year: a Bronco, a '57 Chevy, a '56 Chevy, and a '66 uh, Cadillac. So. Um, those are those are four builds that we should have out this year. Um, look for a couple of them to actually debut at SEMA. I'm working on that right now. If I can pull that off, that would be um, pretty pretty huge for for Big Oak Garage. And uh, and got some cool stuff uh, actually waiting to to come in the shop too. So the the future looks pretty good for us and. And really, really looking forward to 2019 and um, hopefully having all four of these vehicles finished up and um, hitting the show circuit really hard in, in 2020. As far as Big Oak goes, that's that's where it is. It's car-related. Um, I'm not building on no more. I'm not adding any more employees. Uh, we're going we're gonna to stick with what we got and just um, – keep hammering down and trying to build really cool cars for really cool people. You sure about that hiring thing? Will spent six months last year uh, talking about that. Matter of fact, Sarah and I were talking about the podcast a few days ago, and she mentioned, you remember that segment you guys used to do, (laughs) Will's Help Wanted? (laughs) It was like six months this year that every episode you were looking for somebody new. there, I, I say there's nine and a half of us now, and uh, that's nine too many employees. Really. <laughs> um, you know, I got, I got, I got really good guys, so I can't, I can't complain. So, um, anyway, now nah, we'll, we'll see how it goes. I mean, we all have our our goals and that, and changes, changes could be afoot. Well, all right, guys. I enjoyed the conversation. Uh, I have, I have got to go. We'll uh, 
we'll talk to you in January. All right, guys. You have a good yeah, holiday. Y'all have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And um, if anybody is listening and uh, they want to come to a New Year's Eve party, uh, let me know on Facebook and uh, we'll see if we can't get you invited to a pretty good little party we're going to have. So anyway. Remember, this comes out New Year's Eve morning. So. Uh, so, well, <laughs> there you go. Hey, by then you'll know if you got anything going on or not. You might want to jump into Will's uh, offer. That's, there you go. That's that's our incentive for listening to us first thing Monday That's morning. right. That's right. There's your, every, there's every your incentive. Week. All right, guys, I got to go. Well, yeah, go save right. your daughter. We'll talk right, to you guys. later. See ya. Well, we kind of exhausted our personal go or our kind of our goals and outlooks uh, there, Derek, before Will had to leave because he, he was distracted. Uh, something was going on there. But, you know, it's family things. And one thing I've it took me many years to learn, but family comes first and never have a problem with that. That's a, a good goal to have every year right there. Well, since we've now run all our listeners off talking about our goals and that and not collector car things. Is there any collector car things that say hit the news that I'll plug into the podcast that are <laughs> description? Uh, well, you know, and see if people uh, hang from, on. from the, the museum end of things. And, and yeah, we've talked about this on the podcast a little bit before with all of the generational changes, let's call it uh, happening right now. John, I'm sure you saw this, the, Tupelo Automobile Museum is is coming to an end uh, down there in Tupelo, Mississippi. I, sh- I shared that on I, I shared that on the Facebook page mm-hmm. this this week. Being the, the uh, I think I shared it on like uh, the 18th of December. So. Yeah, so you know, there's there's some thought in my mind that uh, there are some pretty fantastic cars in that collection and. Uh, you know, it, it may become a goal of mine to uh, see how much spare change I have laying around, and I, I may show up at the auction down there, and who knows, I, I may decide to walk away with something. That's kind of one of the reasons, you know, I mentioned hitting the Kissimmee auctions and that. One of the things I've always enjoyed, and but one of my career goals kind of straight out of college was to maybe get on with an auction house and becoming one of those um, uh, auction concierge and help people purchase cars and sell cars and things like that. And it's one there there is a definite change coming to the market and things the we talked really uh, in reviewing last year's episodes. Uh, we talked Radwood about this time last year, and the Radwood phenomenon has still grown, and 80s and 90s cars are becoming the norm, and we said it with the Radwood episode. You need to step up now and buy your car because it's kind of like everybody talks about, oh, Nick Mason bought his Ferrari GTO in the mid-70s, and granted, it was a $50,000 purchase in the mid-70s, which is nothing to laugh at, but... Now it's a $50 million car, and I'm not saying if you go out and buy your Dodge Omni GLHS, it's going to be a $50 million car, but I don't think you'll be able to pick them up for five grand for much longer. And, you know, Derek's favorite, the Beretta GT, or my favorite, the CRX. You know, I've watched CRXs the last few years go from being a five or $6,000 
unmolested low mileage car to thirteen to fifteen thousand dollars. Yeah, and John, and, I'm going to jump in because I just learned something interesting this week. Uh, my former job at the the or my former place of employment, uh, the Western Reserve Historical Society, which is yep the Crawford Auto Aviation Museum, is a part of that. Uh, they're actually, they have partnered with Radwood and they are doing a Radwood exhibit starting in January in Cleveland at the Crawford. So you have this Radwood movement is even coming into automobile museums. But it it's, it's, it's a definite movement. It's something that now, you know, now I can be excited. And I believe, you know, you, you asked me about the article uh, uh, Hagerty put out that a new generation of car collectors is coming around. And while I think I expressed to you, I disagreed with the way the data was obtained because they were looking at online interactions about collector cars. And then I sit here and I, you know, even think of my father in his mid sixties and a lot of collectors are that age. They're not as internet savvy as our generation is, and definitely the people 20 years younger than us are, you know, they're still on the internet. They can still go to auto trader and they can still look at some of this stuff. And again, that's one of the reasons the podcast here is to make you aware of this information, but we are coming into that point. You know, I'm, I've entered my late forties. Uh, so I'm at a point in my life I'm supposed to have extra cash to go buy those toys. Uh, you're in your, if I'm not mistaken, late 30s, thirties, and you're getting to that point. Let's let's not let's <laughs> getting not push that. this. I'm in my mid thirties. Okay. Well, if you're going mid thirties, I'm mid forties then. I'll be forty seven three days before this podcast comes up, and thank everybody for the birthday presents. But it's. We're coming into where we're ha- starting to have disposable income. People my age, the kids are going away, and now all of a sudden, college tuition's paid and things like that. Um, if so, the the income's there, and we we get to start making these purchasing decisions. And that's where I was going about the car values and that. And that's probably why you know going to Kissimmee's appealing to me, and looking at some of the other auctions that are going to happen in the Southeast and I'm not ready to make the investments to be in Arizona every January again and travel all around. But Florida has a lot of decent auctions between Amelia, the Meekum stuff, the stuff Carlisle does there, even going to Carlisle for their auctions just to get up, get versed and figure out what's going on in, in the market and be ready for those changes. It's time to start paying attention. I know this. Uh, you, you started with the Tupelo Automotive Museum closing, and unfortunately, that's also a nature of the game that I've always said about privately held museums, that very few survive or go, last past the first generation, let alone the second generation. And it's, you know, it's sad to see that collection go, and it's, you know, it's not necessarily the hottest stuff on the market for the upcoming buyer. So there's going to be some discounts. And Derek, there's where an advantage you have is my prediction is you're going to see a little bit of um, softening in the brass era, 
the pre-30s market for anything like that other than the, the top-line Duesenbergs and Auburns and things like that. But I think you're going to see a softening of the T's and the A's for a while, but I, I think they'll pick back up again. They always seem to because once you've collected the stuff from your youth, you go back and collect the traditional stuff. And while our generation has another step back to that, you know, we'll collect our Beretta GTs and our CRXs, and then we'll go back and maybe collect some of the late 60s muscle cars and sports cars, and then we'll step back to the 50s, and then we'll step back to the brass era and things like that. So there, we've added a, another layer till we get there, but that's kind of my, you know, not necessarily goal, but that's one of my predictions for the market is I think you'll see a softening of some of the 80 to 100-year-old stuff, and you'll see a strengthening of the 20 to 30-year-old stuff. And the stuff, you know, the the muscle cars are going to remain solid. That generation has money and is passionate about their cars, and it potentially is the last real generation that is going to be passionate about their cars. Very true, very true, yeah. And I guess maybe I've I've done it backwards because I've collected, already started collecting the teens and twenties era stuff, uh, and I haven't got my '93 Beretta GT yet, but uh, probably someday. <laughs> I'm not really sure. I'm so one of my other, you know, jumping back to goals too. We talked a little bit, you know, news about some of these private collection museums closing. Uh, we even just had uh, this earlier this year, um, uh, trying to remember how to pronounce the name, Hostetler's uh, Hudson Museum shut down up in Indiana, if I remember correctly. Uh, but, you know, in, in some of this, and, and obviously I'm, I'm never going to open my own private collection museum. That's just not, um, I, I don't have the pocketbook to do that. But. I think one big goal, uh, at least to keep yourself in check sometimes, is when you're collecting classic and antique cars, is to kind of have a, a direction or a, a, you know, kind of a, a, for what we would call in the museum world, a mission statement of what your collection is. And uh, there's a lot of guys out there that I, oh, I just want to collect what I like, and that's fine. Uh, but I'm, I'm, I've been trying to kind of think about, you know, defining what my collection might look like and what what cars I want to collect versus, you know, just, oh, I like that or, oh, I can afford that. You know, really kind of think about what I, I want the collection to evolve into and uh, maybe the somewhat the story that I want to be able to tell with the collection. So you know, as I kind of start thinking about that and looking at it, I think that's one of the goals, you know, because I don't have an infinite amount of money in a, you know, in my checkbook and, uh, you know, I'm only have a finite amount of space. I want to make sure that what I collect is significant to me and, and interesting to me. So, you know, I have a friend back in Michigan that, he was trying to figure out how to not make his collection go absolutely crazy. And he kind of, and he's one of the guys that own one of the original three 
continental convertibles. Uh, I don't remember if his is, is the Hess and Eisenhart or um, I can't remember who did the other one. Uh, but he started falling in love with this idea of a, a collection and he's an art collector as well, but that there was a theme to it. And he decided to only collect vehicles that have the continental name connected to, to them. So he has one of the Porsche continentals. He has the Lincoln continent or well, not even Lincoln because it's, it's a continental uh, convertible prior to them becoming part of Lincoln. And uh, he also has one of the, I think only a couple uh, 1933 continental automobiles that were built in the United States. So, you know, starting to kind of think about that as well as we head into, you know, talking about the younger generation starting to build collections. That's one of the things I've been thinking pretty heavily about. I don't think it's fair for us to for us to necessarily discuss the way we consider collections because we look at it, I think, both you and I, and of course you more so from a museum curator standpoint, and we go into it trying to curate our collections where some collectors I know just collect and they buy. And at some point they go, you know, we really have, you know, after they own, you know, couple hundred or something they go oh maybe i need to pare this down or curate it a little bit you are always advantageous to what do you say we conclude it we call it a year we come back here on the would it be january 6 for the next episode and uh come out strong come out kicking for 2019 i was gonna say hopefully we come out in you know Stronger, January 7th, I'm sorry. Stronger in 2019 than we're wrapping up this episode of 2018. Because we're we're a little uh, little soft tonight. Like I said, we're we're we're, we're tired. Maybe I shouldn't even release it. <laughs> to everybody out there, thanks a lot for listening to our 45 minutes of boring drivel. And join us next week and we'll have this all put put together a little bit more. We'll see you then. And, and Will will be back. We hope. Maybe. <laughs>